Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hi, I Think You're Nice, the podcast where I speak to a nice person about nice things for about an hour. My name is Sarah Hanchar, and my very special guest this week is Lulu Picard. We're going to jump in and have a wonderful time talking about traveling, the magical, mystical places that exist out there in the world, and it sure is a nice little bout of escapism. No, we're not traveling right now. Yes, that is a bummer, but that doesn't mean we can't remember beautiful times and experiences that we've shared together and plan for the future. Lulu and her friend Allison Burns have a wonderful podcast called 10K Dollar Day. It's an imaginary luxury podcast, luxury travel podcast. Yes, the podcast is real. The money is imaginary. And these two ladies do an excellent job of coming up with some amazing trips using actual things that exist in the world. So I highly recommend checking that out. Just go to 10K uh, 10kdollarday.com or 10kdollarday on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find them there. Hey, speaking of social media stuff, come visit me on Facebook. I'm I Think You're Nice. On Instagram, I Think You're Nice. On Twitter, I Think You're Nice. See how simple that is? All you have to look up is I Think You're Nice and you'll be able to find me and all the good stuff. You can even just head on over to IThinkYou'reNice.com and that site will give you all the information that you need. Let's sit back, relax, and listen to Lulu tell some amazing stories from her trips all around the world, including her really awesome travel tips. They are truly great. As always, thank you so, so much for being here. I truly appreciate your participation and that you tune in every week. It means the world to me. I hope you enjoy this episode. We sure did have a great time recording it together, and I think you'll like it too. Have a great day. Please take care, stay safe, and have a good one. Bye. Hi, I think you're nice. Why, hi, I think you're nice. Let's have a seat and let's have a nice time. I think you're nice. So let's chat, so let's chat, so let's chat. I think you're nice, so let's chat. Hi there, everybody. This is Sarah Hanchar with a brand new episode of Hi, I Think You're Nice, the podcast where I speak to a nice person about nice things for about an hour. And today, my guest all the way in, you're in New York, right? <laughs> I am in New York. Okay. Yeah. All the way from New York, Lulu Picard. Hi, Lulu. Hello. Hi. I am so excited that I qualified as like nice. <gasps> of course you do. You're hella nice. Well, I know, but. You know, I'm like Hufflepuff extra. So even though I'm pretty positive that I make nice choices, the validation is always very much needed. <laughs> oh, well, that's so sweet. You are absolutely nice. Uh, I know Lulu from our Disney days. We crossed paths a little bit hither and thither with the comedy and musical world. And Lulu lives in New York now. I live in Seattle, but we're not letting that get in the way of having a lovely conversation about travel. We're talking about mm -hmm. traveling. Uh, Lulu and her friend Allison Burns have a fantastic podcast called 10K Dollar Day. And real quick, what's the elevator pitch on that, Lulu? It's a comedy podcast about imaginary luxury travel. So every week we spend $10,000, a fake $10,000 somewhere in the world. And sometimes we have some bonus episodes every week as well. They usually interviews with people we find fascinating or funny or interesting, which P.S. is like everyone. Sure. Because I believe that 
everyone is fascinating if you ask the right questions. Right. So it's become this really great project and it's exciting to connect with you now in the podcast world since we're real life friends too. We are real life friends and podcast friends. And yes, I highly recommend everyone check out 10K Dollar Day because it is fun to imagine and the stuff that you guys find is remarkable. Um, I love all the adventures that you can possibly go on for 10K dollars a day. So we're going to talk about travel. And my first question is, hey, have you always liked to travel? Uh, yes, I was really fortunate because my family traveled a lot when I was a kid. So there are two reasons we traveled a lot. My father was in the military. So we by necessity moved every three months, uh, three months, three years or so. Oh, wow. So uh, it's pretty easy for me to adapt to different cultures when I travel. I'm always kind of ready for things to be different than how they normally are for me. So that helps. And then also we just took a lot of trips. We like to travel. We took road trips as kids. I'm talking like three weeks in the Ford Aerostar Holy as across the country. Oh my mm-hmm. goodness. We traveled out of the country together. We would long plane rides. I've I don't remember my first long one because I think I was maybe one. Oh my gosh. When we first crossed the ocean. Yeah. So uh, I have always liked to travel, but I'm also lucky because I never had to, I never had to decide to start traveling. Oh yeah. That makes a lot of sense. It was something that you were fortunate enough to do. Uh, I am in a similar boat, except the whole military thing. That is not the boat I was in, uh, where my family just loved to travel. And so they made a special point every year for us to go somewhere. And for the most part, it was throughout the United States. Um, one, once upon a time, we did go to New Zealand and that was pretty rad, but, uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, when your family is already traveling, it just is something like, well, this is the way we should always be, right? It's nice to wake up in a new place, in a new environment, with a new culture and new foods and new people and new stuff to see. My parents were big about doing like, instead of Christmas presents this year, we're going to do a trip. Mm-hmm. So, it, yeah, we, we were never wealthy when I was growing up, but we did um, travel a lot because my parents prioritized it and so we didn't have you know we, we just didn't spend a lot of money on other stuff we cooked at home almost all the time sure and then we would take one big trip a year i mean if i had to pick well i don't know i really like food having those experiences i think are very very exciting and way way more fun than little trinkets here and there i mean don't get me wrong gifts are fun and they're fabulous um (laughs) and i like presents just like anybody but it's sort of the same thing like my husband and i we don't really do gifts so much uh anymore especially for anniversaries because we're like well where do you want to go so we don't do birthday presents it's where do you want to go um assuming we can head out for each each birthday or whatever uh, some is low key, like we go camping for his birthday because it's around camping time of year and we go out and about for my birthday, et cetera, et cetera. So yes, I'm with you focusing and thinking of travel first and then all that other stuff. It can, it can wait because traveling's the best. <laughs> <laughs> traveling is the best. I think exper- if you are a very like experience driven person, then there's really nothing like it. And it's easy to make that trade-off between things and experiences. Um, 
I'm definitely that type of person. I've lived on the road for a large portion of my adult life as an actor. Mm -hmm. So everything I own can be condensed down to literally two suitcases. (gasps) And I try to travel with only one. So when I say experiences over things, I would personally, and I know this is not everybody, I would personally rather have a great meal in every city I'm in than buy a great dress in every city I'm in. And other people are different ways. Oh, of course. But I, you know, so it, it's it's just kind of part of my personality that I like experiences a lot. And I also like new things a lot. I like new stimulation and traveling definitely scratches both of those itches. Absolutely. Being a, an experience-driven person, I haven't thought about it in those terms. And that is absolutely a lovely way of moving through this world. Also, holy crap, two suitcases. I yeah. have too much crap, Lulu. That's what I'm that's what I'm hearing. No. <laughs> Listen, remember when I told you I was an experience-driven person? Yes. Part of that involves uh the actual travel experience and I hate being overburdened with things mm-hmm. at the airport. Mm-hmm. So, I would rather <laughs> condense everything down, have like three pairs of pants, a dress, five shirts, that's it. My toiletries, then have a second suitcase at the airport and try to wrangle that. Oh, I I totally, totally get it. Understand, understand and respect where you're coming from because the travel experience is such a huge part of traveling itself. So if you can make it as pleasant as possible, uh, yeah, what, what does that mean for you? And actually, I was going to ask at near the end, what are your travel tips? But let's, if you're ready and have them at the top of your brain, is that a saying? Yeah. Sure it is. And on the top I of your brain. Have so you, many. Yeah. Hit me with well, them. You, you sent me the questions in advance. And so I made a little list and I got to that question. And you said, you know, what are some travel tips? And I was like, I have so many. Like I literally could do an hour on travel tips, but I won't. Don't worry. Oh, but um, hit me with them. I'm excited. Okay, so so here's some really quick ones. Uh, in general, if you're doing a trip, I say do as much research as you can. Like dive, 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 dive in as much as you can, and then let it all go. Oh, because um, then you're like super informed about everything, and you can pick a couple things on your trip that you really want to see. But ultimately, if you're in a place. And you see a shop that's on the side that you really want to go into. You can't let your list of things to do override maybe finding a cute thing that you didn't know existed in that city. Yeah. So that's why I say like do as much research as possible so that you, you avoid the pitfalls of each city. You know, if they say, Oh, there's a market here, but it's actually all for tourists. Mm -hmm. You can skip that one. But, um, being able to be flexible and then just switching between I want to make sure I get the most out of this city but also I want to get the most out of this day that balance while you're traveling is super important to me yeah absolutely Um, another one is to be especially if you're going in another country do all the research on what is polite and not polite in that country that's a really good one Uh, and they can be very specific they can they can be diameters of space around people it could be whether they like you how they like to greet you um who speaks first the host or the guest uh if you shake hands or if you don't shake hands and you just kind of have to 
you know, it's not the time to impose our cultural standards on anybody when you're traveling in their city. So that's also something that I think a lot of us don't do. And we just expect people to know how we do it. That is a huge pro tip, everybody, like how to be a cool person (laughs) while traveling and how to be, you know, uh, a good guest to a country, how to be an ambassador. The first thing, anytime I was going to a different country with a, a new language, because I shamefully don't know any other languages, uh, was how to say, uh, excuse me, and I'm sorry. Because I sure. I wanted to make sure that if I was a buffoon, which was bound to happen, you know, accidentally, um, <laughs> that I could at least, <laughs> at least say, I'm sorry, my bad, or the variation thereof. <laughs> Yeah, well, and now there are so many amazing apps that you can bring on your phone. Absolutely. Google Translate is unbelievable. And if you go to a country uh, that doesn't speak, our, uh, I was going to say your language, but clearly if you're listening to this podcast, it would be English. Um, if you go to a country that doesn't speak English, you can use your smartphone with the Google app to like use it as a camera almost and it translates it on your screen into english amazing and you can do that with chinese i've done it in china <gasps> cool i've done it in japan yeah it's crazy that's oh thank you technology thank you thank you thank you for instance we're recording and i'm recording in my studio you're recording in yours and we're using uh just a phone call between us and here we are having a recorded podcast conversation over 3,000 miles apart from each other. If we can do that, surely we can learn how to say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, I didn't mean to drop my soup um, in any language that we might may need it. (laughs) And don't feel bad about writing it down and having a cheat sheet. I think some people think it would be uncool to like have a cheat sheet with Uh, you. I write it all out. Yeah. The, the, The... the feeling from the hosts of whatever country you're in of knowing that you're trying is enough. They they just they're so appreciative if you have put a little bit of effort into um, trying to be polite mm-hmm. in their culture that it will reap you so many rewards. And I've had a lot of really great intimate experiences just because I happened to be the one in the group that learned how to say hi. I love it. The easiest one. Uh, to add on, if you're like, oh, no, all I can do is hello and goodbye and thank you. And then I'm stressed out after that. Um, I'm sorry, of course. And then beautiful. That will always work. Oh, beautiful. Because the word beautiful. You, yeah. Because if you go to somebody's house, you can say beautiful. And uh-huh. if <laughs> if someone serves you food, you can go beautiful. You know what I mean? <laughs> like some some sort of compliment type word is really helpful. I love it. In any culture. Oh, my God. That's such a good one. Oh, and it's so positive too. Oh, complimentary stuff. I love it. What other hot tips from a from a pro okay. like you? This one's gonna seem really simple. Okay. But if you are a food person like me and you are planning your trip, if you're doing a spontaneous trip, this won't work. But if you're planning a trip long way in advance, figure out that fine dining restaurant you want to eat at and find out when they take reservations. Uh-huh. Because a lot of them are like six months out, three months out. Put it in your calendar. Make sure you account for the time change and then get on that list if that's your priority. If it's not your priority, aces, but that might make you really happy if that's your thing. Yeah. Um, Speaking of food, for the airplanes, I always pack 
this is this is how much I travel. In my carry-on, <laughs> I always have bouillon cubes and herbal tea bags. Bouillon cubes. Interesting call. May I ask why? Yeah, because um, sometimes airplane food isn't that great. Uh-huh. And I don't, or you want to sleep and not be worried that you're going to miss a meal, especially if you're going to like Asia, because that's a 12 to 16 hour flight. Yeah. So you don't want to be dependent on that if you don't have to be. So with the bouillon cubes, if I get a little snacky in the middle of the long flight, I can go and ask for hot water and make a little soup. <gasps> and when I travel <laughs> to different countries, that's actually something that I can pick up in any country. So I like to get the different bouillons in different countries because they all have different flavors. Oh my gosh. And it's something that's very portable and yet is like traveling in a cup. So right now my little tin of bouillon cubes has stuff from America because it's available. And I have bouillon cubes from like four other different countries in there. Cool. I love that. Okay. So it's sort of like, you know, when you get to the end of your ramen noodles, uh, your top ramen. So that's basically, yeah. basically the yeah. little meal that you've made for yourself is uh, ramen broth. For those who yes. maybe have never cooked before or never used bouillon before, that's brilliant. And it's, mm -hmm. it's cozy. And you can pack a little, um, you know, those dental picks that uh, look like a bow and arrow almost. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, with a floss. You can pack one of those, not the mint flavored one, mm -hmm. just a regular one, in your little pouch with your bouillon cubes so that you can cut them. Oh! <gasps> To be the right size. Listen, I travel a lot, you Sarah. Travel you were like, let's so talk about travel. Much. And I was like, I have tips. You guys want tips? I've got tips. You have tips for days. I love this. I, wa I want them all. This could be the episode is just Lulu's hot travel tips. I'm not kidding. Because this is... Oh my gosh. I don't travel it's nearly so as often. I've just picked up a lot of tips because i told you i'm very experiential i don't i want the whole experience to be comfortable and yet also portable yeah you're sort of like an astronaut in that sense like you don't want to be bogged yes. down you just want to go boom 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 on to the next thing what's up what what's next um Absolutely. i don't know why that made me think of astronaut because their their um, food is tiny i don't know <laughs> their, their food is tiny it's very portable it also requires water it's so true. I think that your metaphor was right on. Okay. Thank you. Thank mm -hmm. you. I appreciate it. Yeah. And my final big tip, although I'll probably think of another one later. Yeah. This is just what I wrote down is if you can, let's say you have 14 days off and you want to take this major crazy trip, resist the urge to take a 14 day vacation and take a 12 day vacation and build in two days of decompression. Aha. Uh -huh. um, yeah. Because you'll just, it it's just terrible. To Everyone thinks that they don't need a day for jet lag. You do need a day for jet lag. If you're going really far away, if you're going, you know, to 12 hours off your time zone, building in a day when you first arrive as well is really great. Because then you can be fresh as a daisy the next day and actually enjoy what you're doing. As opposed to pushing through your fatigue and just trying to enjoy your vacation because you saved up and you you know that that yeah, feeling that of like i have i must enjoy this yeah that's not fun 
yes, I am on board 100% because even just for this holiday season, my husband and I, uh, my Patrick, I was about to say, my Patrick and me, we just went to Columbus, Ohio <laughs> to visit our family. And we're like, you know what? Let's come back one day early and just mm-hmm. so we have a day. And this was just a beautiful, low-key visit to family in Ohio. And I'm like, oh, thank God for this day. Yeah. It's so nice. It's like the first time you do it, the first time you're like, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to give myself a day off. It's like you figured out a cheat code (laughs) for the game of life. (laughs) You're like, there was an extra box in that room, and I took all the gold out of it, and I upped a level. Yeah, you did. Because... It it is serious. It seriously will change your game if you just have that day and you know you can come home. You're exhausted from the airport or the drive or whatever you did, and you know you can just nap for twelve hours. Yeah, that is killer. That is that is some good stuff. Oh, these travel tips are so good. Lulu's tips. Lulu's tips. Lulu has hey, the hey. best travel tips. Uh, oh, you even gave me a jingle uh, for my new, uh, my new daily two minute travel tip podcast. <laughs> you should do it. Although I must admit, I, I, I did kind of steal that. It's, um, do you know the improv game acting tips, acting tips? And they're really, yeah. really bad acting <laughs> tips. Like yes. make sure you scream in your partner's face acting tips. Yeah. <laughs> So I basically just straight up co-opted it. Just for you, though. Just for you. You know what? You stole from the best. And the best was Zip Zap Zap. So you stole from the best. Oh, classic. So where have you been? It sounds like you have been everywhere. Where have you traveled to? I've traveled to a lot of places. Um, I've. It's been great because as part of my freelance work, I have gotten to travel on somebody else's dime a lot. Oh, yeah. Which is really cool. Um, so I've been all over the United States. Uh, not every single state. There are a lot in the middle that I haven't been to. Wyoming, Colorado, although that's on the list for this year. Um, I've never been to Africa. <laughs> By the way, it's easier to tell you where I haven't been. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, we're going in a different order like, than I was anticipating. I was like, let me tell you where I haven't been. Um, <laughs> never in Africa. And and that's sad to me because I really, really would love to do like a photo safari. I'd love to do Egypt. I'd love to do yeah. Morocco. But I've just never gotten to do that. And I've never done Australia mm-hmm. or Antarctica. But I have spent a lot of time in Asia, both on vacation. My family lives in the Philippines, or a large portion of my family does. So we go once every maybe five or six years. And then I have worked in Asia as well a lot. And I lived in France for a year when I was in college. Very cool. So I'm really comfortable there. And I've, I've gotten to travel a lot in Europe as well. So I I am pretty well-traveled, which is amazing. And yet... It still seems like there's so, I mean, you, that's how I answered it is where I haven't been. That's how you can see that, like, how obsessed I am with traveling. You were like, where have you been? I was like, let me tell you where I still do. <laughs> uh, if you had to choose some of your favorite spots, um, let's say maybe top five. Nope. No, we don't have to put a number of it. Uh, what are your the oh. top places that you've been to? Uh, that you have had a lasting impression. They've made a huge impression on you and they fill you with joys to this day. I love the entire way that you 
phrased all of that question. <laughs> um, <laughs> you were like, it was great because then I just felt joy and I was like, what place gives me joy? Um, the Grand Canyon <gasps> yes. is so good. And I don't care how many pictures and documentaries and IMAX movies you've been to. It is nothing like seeing it in, in real yeah. life. Like nothing. Uh, it's just awe-inspiring and beautiful and grand and it's it's just it's I, I love it and I really love that landscape anyway the American Southwest mm-hmm. Sedona uh, the Grand Canyon area in Europe I love Stockholm oh. so much I've been twice I'm lucky to have some friends that live there dear dear friends so it also is really sentimental to me that city so there's a little bit of that but I actually brought my family my mom and my dad and my best friend, we all went to Stockholm last year Aww. and I was able to show them because, because they, none of them had been there. And, um, my dad said, you know, this wasn't even on his radar to go to. And after day three, he was like, we could move here. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's pretty great here. It's, it's pretty great. What makes it so, so great? May I ask? Uh, yes. Uh, first of all, it's really easy to get around even if you don't speak Swedish. Okay. So as a tourist, it is just foreign enough where all the signs are in something where you have to look them mm-hmm. up. But if you stand there looking confused enough and for long enough, they are so nice in Sweden that someone will ask you if you need Aww. help. It, they are a beautifully loving um, people. I, I know that they kind of have this reputation, Scandinavians do, for being closed off, but they are absolutely not really that way they're there it's lovely the food is great and it's fresh it's very local it's a lot of salmon and venison and things like that but it it's also just i don't know and it's clean and the air is great the public transportation is very easy to nice. figure out it's a very comfortable city i think i think it's a really great beginner city for someone oh. who wants to go somewhere and not be overwhelmed, the crime rate is low. Uh, so it's just a really easy, safe city to get around, even as a solo traveler. Fantastic. I am with you 100% when it comes to public transportation and being in a new place. In in Italy, I was afraid of taking the bus because I'm like, I don't know where this goes. I can't figure it out. That was also my ignorance. Um, that's not Italy's fault. That's me not understanding how buses work, first of all, and secondly, not speaking Italian well enough to understand the route. Um, but I just... <laughs> well, public transportation in general can be intimidating. I mean, I've lived in New York since 2014, mm-hmm. and... I remember how nervous I was to use the subway the first time, and I still don't use buses. One last thing about why I love Stockholm. Yeah, of course, please. There's bulk candy everywhere. What kind of candy? Bulk candy. Bulk candy. Oh. Yeah. Every grocery store in the airport, they just pick, like, I don't know, they just eat a lot of candy over there, and I'm all about it. And it's a lot I love licorice and it's a lot of different types of licorices and like gummy things nice. and marshmallowy things and so I would say you can't go they're like they're they're, a, they're like you can't go 10 stores without finding a bulk candy bin somewhere. <laughs> that 
Well, no wonder you like Stockholm so much. I mean, there's candy on yeah, every there's corner. Yeah, there's no drawbacks. And everyone's nice. <laughs> and you can find your way around. That sounds See? amazing. I'm on board. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So besides the Grand Canyon, Stockholm, any others uh, that really make your heart happy? Yeah, I'm going to throw a curveball in. Bring it on. Kyrgyzstan. Kyrgyzstan. Tell me everything, because mm-hmm. I know nothing. Yeah, it's uh, it's a former Soviet republic, and it's bordered... Oh, gosh, I hope this is right. It's bordered by Kazakhstan and China, I think, and there might be another one that borders it on the south. I apologize, everyone in Kyrgyzstan, for not remembering. Um, I like it because... A, personally, it is the most foreign culture I ever encountered. Um, uh, China, because I'm Filipino, I'm very comfortable with like really Asian cultures. Does that make sense? Like the smells are all pretty similar and the the sounds and the the transportation looks really similar in all those countries. So that is really familiar to me. Kyrgyzstan is a blend of... Chinese influence because it does border China, but and Russian. So it's just this culture that's unlike anything else I'd ever seen. Oh. And it is one of the most beautiful countries I've ever seen. Couldn't believe how, how like blue the water was and couldn't believe like how beautiful the mountains were. Like everywhere we went, um, it was the nature is just phenomenally gorgeous in Kyrgyzstan. In Kyrgyzstan, I am so embarrassed mm-hmm. to say I don't know that country at all. That's okay. It's it's a super um it I mean it wasn't a country for a very long time. That's and then a good it became point. a country. <laughs> so it's all right that you don't know it. But I'm going to uh, look into it, it cuz that sounds incredible. Yeah. It's really great. It it's it's a little more of an advanced travel, so I would go Stockholm first, okay. probably Grand Canyon first, yes. right, and then Stockholm and work your way up to Kyrgyzstan because it's just as far as how many things do I have to adjust to that are outside my norm. Sure, uh, but it is it's a real cool place. It's a difficult place to be if you're a vegetarian because they they have a very very meat based uh, diet. Oh, interesting. Okay, but. Other than that, yeah, that's another thing to check, by the way. If you're a vegetarian, make sure you do your research because some cultures don't have the luxury of choosing their diets. Yeah. They eat what's there. When you say you travel, that was no joke. So it sounds like you've got very little left on your list to visit. I heard Antarctica in there. Is that one of the places you want to hit? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But Antarctica is hard because... You can't go for a short vacation. Well, it's hard because it's really expensive to get yes. there. You have to, most people, I think, go to Patagonia, which is in the bottom of uh, South America. And then, but that already is like probably a thousand dollar plane ride. And then from there, you go to Antarctica. And because Antarctica doesn't have any like commerce, like it's just, you know, it's, it doesn't have like cities. Sure. Um, you have to. You have to go with a group. You you can't just go to Antarctica. You have to go with a group. Yeah. And then it becomes like, are you camping? I mean, not camping, camping, <laughs> but are you, you know, how Lux is it? And they do have some super luxury Antarctica They really do. Situations that are unbelievable. Oh, yeah. They bring a chef and you 
sit in these cute little igloo situations. It's, it's amazing. So I definitely want to go there. I'd love to go to Tasmania oh, in Australia. Yeah. I've never been to Australia. Tasmania has bioluminescent water. Yeah, let's take a like, look at that. That sounds amazing. Water that glows. Yes. I got to see it. I have to see it in my lifetime. People tell me it's also in Florida and I just choose to not hear that nah. and say, no, no, no. I have to go to Tasmania. Um, I, I have to go to Bora Bora at some point, okay. even though I do feel that there are other places that compete with it. But in Fraser, that's where <laughs> they would go. That's like that was like his favorite place to go, and I've never been able to let go of it. Like I'm like, no, it's got to be Bora Bora or bust. It's the episode where he went on vacation with the woman from Designing Women, and Lilith was next door, and I was like, that's it, gotta go to Bora Bora. I have to go to Bora Bora. This ep- because that was definitely shot in Bora Bora. <laughs> <laughs> they definitely, they definitely flew Gene Smart, Kelsey Grammer, and BB Newworth to Bora Bora. Mm-hmm. Uh, to to shoot those interior scenes. Yeah. So, yeah. And then the Northern Lights. I, I have not <gasps> seen the Northern Lights. And have you seen them? You're kind of close I to have. Uh, actually, <gasps> tell me what it was like. Uh, well, Patrick and I, before we even lived in the, uh, in the Pacific Northwest, we were going to a friend's wedding in Seattle. And then we thought, hey, this is when we were living in Florida at the time. We thought, hey... Uh, let's go to Seattle and spend like five days here and then let's go to Alaska for, you know, yes. for about a week and see if we can see the Northern Lights. Now, again, since we were living in Florida at the time, we have zilch when it comes to winter gear. So we looked at the time mm. of year where we could go and put together enough clothes with not too much cost so we wouldn't freeze to death, but at the same time for it to be dark enough for the Northern Lights to be present. So, luckily, my friend uh, got married in, in a very convenient time in December in October. So, we went up in <laughs> October and uh, drove from Anchorage to Fairbanks through Denali National Park, which was, which should have only taken probably three hours. But because we stopped for pictures, I don't know, every seven feet or so, uh, it took us forever to get to Fairbanks. And... um <laughs> Then we, we stayed at a place called the Aurora Borealis Lodge or the Aurora Lodge, I believe. And it had, um, I'm going to throw back to your conversation that you guys were having on your Facebook social when you guys were doing, when 10K Dollar Bays were having your social just a few minutes ago. They, uh-huh. we were talking, you were talking about fancy Japanese toilets. This place yes. had a fancy Japanese toilet and in Alaska. In Alaska. Let me... They know what's up because those seats are heated. Those seats are heated. And for a lot of places in Alaska, when it comes to the restroom, it's it's a lot of times, even with restaurants, it's a porta potty because uh, conditions are so hard. Winter is so cold and there's so much snow and stuff like uh, plumbing really takes a beating. So a lot of places you're stuck with a vault toilet or a porta potty. So, uh, anytime we went into a bathroom situation, I'm like, I'm crossing my fingers. And when we got to the, oh, wow. when we got to this inn and it had this fancy, fancy toilet, I'm like, Oh, this is amazing. 
<laughs> oh yeah. And then <laughs> it also had a giant a window <laughs> where you could see the auroras happening from the comfort of your bedroom, which was really, really nice because it was wow. it was cold. Um as for the auroras themselves, they are they weren't overwhelmingly powerful when we were there, but they were present. And um it's just like a magical green uh show, like lights in the sky that is just it's so un- cool. unlike anything I'd seen. And we saw it, like I said, when it was really tame. But we were at one point, Patrick and I were leaving a uh, we were hanging out with reindeer. We were at a reindeer ex- uh, experience where we talked about reindeer and got to walk one in the woods. And oh, oh that's so cool. It was it was really, really, really cool. Get good boots. If you go to Alaska during cold times, get good boots. The boots I had. Yeah, don't mess with it. Don't mess with your footwear. Do not mess with your footwear. Like, Travel tip. Hey, guys. Lulu's travel tip. <laughs> Always. <laughs> yes. Figure it out. Like, figure out your footwear. And here, and when you are in Alaska, yes. But also, if you're in a city, sometimes if you want to, you, you have to figure out something comfortable that you can also go to a nice restaurant in. Yes. But yeah, as we were walking from the, the reindeer experience, we just looked up in the sky and they were happening right above us. And it was just... Uh, it was very cool. So I highly recommend uh, that you do that. It sounds like you, it's already on your list. And hey, you can stop in Seattle on your way up. You know somebody. I live like at the airport. I live in SeaTac. What would you say are your favorite aspects of traveling? Is it those experiences? Is it the food? Is it the culture? Is it all of the above? Please tell me what. <laughs> well, why I like to travel. It is the food. Obviously, I'm very food driven uh-huh. <laughs> um but it's but it's the whole experience right so it's not like just the food so mm-hmm. it's the it's the mom and the pop shop that doing that's like making the noodles in china and they oh so when i was in chengdu when i was in i think i was in chengdu in china no okay. chongqing i was in chongqing in china you know what? Doesn't matter. I was somewhere in China. Somewhere and in China. We made friends. I, I was on tour. And so we made friends with this guy. He had this uh, like soup dumpling place across from our hotel. We made friends with him. And he ended up, we got him tickets to the show for his kids because it was a kids show. And he opened up his restaurant one night for us to mm-hmm. thank us. Aww. He brought the entire cast and crew and he had like two members of his staff still there. It was after the it was after they closed. So we finished our show. We went to his restaurant and he he was a Shanghai style restaurant. He though was from Hong Kong. So he cooked a Hong Kong meal for us and desserts and things, which was oh, really cute. Man. And he said it and then the next day we went and he was making the soup dumplings and he let us go into the kitchen and watch the chefs make the soup dumplings amazing and yeah it was incredible and it was kind of one of those kitchens where you weren't even allowed to touch the dumplings <laughs> until you had apprenticed there for two years wow so this is mm-hmm. like the um i'm trying to think like the harvard of dumplings like oh it's the real deal yes it, i think yes in as much as you could be when not being in the actual main city that soup dumplings came from, mm-hmm. but yes. So, 
it was great and he explained to us because you know i was like how does the soup get into the dumpling and he explained <laughs> well, to us how does the soup get into the dumpling it's a good question get this it's gonna blow your mind if you don't know the answer i don't know gel it's gelatinized <gasps> the soup <gasps> so it's gelatinized so that they can handle it they can mix it with the meat mixture uh-huh and then it becomes something they can make like a tiny little meatball out of yes and then when it steams the gelatin melts and it makes soup what i know it's cool i mean that makes a lot of sense if you've ever made soup at home and made your own broth or whatever like that gelatin yeah stock from from the the stuff breaking down wow Mm -hmm. well my mind is blown i mean look i've already told you i love stockholm because of the bulk candy i was like china's got great soup dumplings i mean i feel it's clear where my allegiances lie (laughs) as far as what i look for but i think it does come down to that kind of experience driven thing you know Mm -hmm. it's something that you can only experience there and you can't take home um and you're especially if you go somewhere and you're able and you can engage the servers in conversation or talk to the owner if because i do research restaurants first i will tell people oh i i've planned to come here and they go really and i go yeah i've been looking it up and i came here and um sometimes i'll even tweet look i know this is going to get real millennial real fast Uh but sometimes i tweet like two weeks before and i'll say getting ready for my trip to stockholm can't wait to go to at Extet, you know okay and which was the the restaurant that i chose to go to in, in stockholm and then when i not to say like they'll remember who that is but sometimes they'll engage you in conversation which means when i go there i can say oh yes um i actually was conversing about about this dish with you someone some social media <laughs> intern you know yeah uh, but it's a, it's a great way to engage with restaurants because here in America, restaurants are, are large, like not a lot of them, but I think 40% of our restaurants are owned by corporations. Yeah. And that surprise me. That is, it, that is not like that in most other countries, which we don't know if you've never traveled. Mm-hmm. So reaching out to restaurants in other countries can often lead to a really great experience while you're there. That's another Lula's travel tip. Reach out Boom. on social media. I love it. Oh, 100%. Because they're all run by the person who's... It's a small business. Everywhere that you go, it's a small business. So True. if you reach out to them, they're so thankful. And as a podcast creator, like, you know how it is. If someone likes your post, it feels like they gave you 100 bucks. It's true. And and if someone likes your post that you don't know, it's like 500 bucks. So <laughs> when I tweet coming over from new york can't wait to go to this restaurant been looking forward to it for three months regardless of whether that results in an actual interaction like maybe that person isn't there when i get there or it just doesn't translate over i know it made their day yeah and it makes a huge impact on that person i never remember to do enough research before i travel i get really excited and i do like a flurry of pre-travel arrangements i'm like i've done all this research and then i book everything and then i'm like all right i've got it all figured out and i really shouldn't do that (laughs) i really need to keep on looking at things because then we get somewhere and i'm like well we have the following things sort of planned that we want to do 
And then there's like a little too much wiggle room where I wish I had a little more information. So that way I'd feel like I'm getting the most out of my morning, noon and night. And Mm -hmm. so your, your, your tip about making sure that you have done enough research is so important because I know you can get bogged down with other stuff sometimes. Yeah. It's kind of like you do your research and that's your plan A. Yeah. And you assume. In fact, I would say, no, you know what? I take it back. You do the research and that's your plan B. Oh. And then you get there and you make your plan A, but you have a plan B, right? So, um, I learned this from my mom. One of the first things she does when she checks into a hotel is, is, is ask where to eat. Oh yeah. And sometimes in the States, sometimes they like, will just tell you like, there's an Applebee's on the corner of the road, you know, and you're like, oh, okay, that's not what I was asking. Um, <laughs> but if you do it in, especially if you like get, if you get to a, a country and you have a great lunch, like you really like that lunch, ask a server at that restaurant where to go for dinner. Yes. Because they're, they, they are already somewhere that has good food, right? So you're like, this is awesome. I want more of this. Good call. Where, where should I go? And they'll often give you a list. Um, and I ask people all the time, it, a, a store, a storekeeper that I end up striking a really great conversation with. And I'll say, well, we're going into this district later. Do you have any shops or, or restaurants that I simply should try? And they'll mm-hmm. say, yes, this one, da, 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 da. And then you kind of build your day, but you also have your plan B. So if you don't find any of those places, then you're like, oh, also, there's this restaurant I looked up in that district, and I guess I'll go there. Or you walk by something, and it looks amazing, and so you go in. Yeah, go with your go with your gut. I think that's just a good pro tip for people in general. Asking for help is a good thing. Asking for someone for their expertise and knowledge, especially if you don't have any knowledge. Because I remember I was in Hawaii, and I just went by Yelp or something, and it was mm-hmm. fine. Whatever I got was fine. And it was, it was absolutely fine. But I'm like, man, I should have asked, you know, X, Y, and Z, the, like the people that we were here with the festival with, I should have asked where they go or, or something like that, because I can guarantee they would have recommended a place that was ultimately better than what I experienced. So in general, reach out, ask for help and ask for recommendations. And here's the best part. If you don't like it, you don't have to do it. It's not like they're going to go to dinner with you. (laughs) Yes. So, yeah, oftentimes I'll get a recommendation and I'll go as far as like to get to that restaurant and then be like, no, sure. You'll see the outside of it and just something about it isn't speaking to you or you'll look at the menu um, and you just you're like, I don't think this is my place. And then you can leave. And all of that to be said, like you do your research, but there's also... That's not to say that there's not also beauty in the spontaneous trip. Mm-hmm. Um, you absolutely can have an amazing time doing no research at all if that's your thing. Yeah. And we did that as uh, we took one, the most memorable trip I can remember as a child. My father, who is an engineer and is very organized and is the type that like, when we do family trips and family anything, he sends an Excel sheet do you know what oh I mean? My. Like with our schedule. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. That, he's so that we're guy. doing this. So he is very planned. And uh, we took a vacation once. This is, and we went to the airport and we took the first plane to Europe. Whoa. Whatever the first plane to Europe was that could take four people, <laughs> we went there. 
That was his plan. And he was like, in two weeks, we have to end up in City B to visit my aunt. But the two weeks in between, we're going to make up like on the road. (laughs) So we just flew to City A, which ended up being like this tiny little city in the north of England and rented a car and figured out. And this is pre-internet. So this is like paper maps and asking people at stores. Uh, figured out the best way to get from England to the continent <laughs> and then mapped like map, you know, paper mapped ourselves over it within two weeks to get to my aunt. That's amazing. It was wow. awesome. How'd it go? Was it a good trip? I mean, look, I was 14. So if there were stuff that were not going well, I probably didn't know about it. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> so sure. for me, it was great. Uh, we rented a car. We drove around. We looked at things. We saw things we never would have expected. We uh, ended up the roundabouts. There, there were roundabouts there, and we didn't have yeah. roundabouts in the states yet, right? Because that's like remember twenty five years ago, we just didn't have them. Uh-huh. So roundabouts were crazy. We were like, when do we get out of the roundabout? You know, it's like <laughs> dumb, stupid things. And I remember just buying lots of chocolate in in England. So I was like, they have so many different candy bars Cadbury. here. So, oh, yes. just nothing like it. So, yeah, it was a great, it was a great trip. I mean, it, and it was so out of character for family to travel that way. Oh, okay. Because normally we were like, let's go to AAA, tell them where we're going, get the triptych. You know what I mean? Yeah. Plan out the driving hours type of family. Yeah. And for us to just go, ah, we'll figure it out. (laughs) was kind of great. It reminds me of when we traveled in Hawaii. This is when I was in high school. So I was in, I think, ninth grade or so. And I was the only one who brought a swimsuit because I was the only one who remembered that we were going to Hawaii, you know, where beaches are. (laughs) And like I checked weather reports and did all this stuff. And uh, my dad was so excited to go to the rainforest. He couldn't wait to go to the rainforest. He's like, he had so many rain facts about the rainforest. Uh, Shamefully, I can't remember which island we were on. I want to say it was... um. Oahu, but I could be a hundred percent wrong. So, and so we go to this rainforest and we're in this little cabin type thing. And my dad is like, Oh, this rain. Oh my God. This is so much rain. There's so it's raining. There's so much rain. I'm like, Dad, when did you think all of that rain happened? All that rain facts that you were telling us and how excited you were to be in a place that had this much rain? What, did you just think it wouldn't fall whenever you were there? <laughs> so we could only hack it there for a day. And then we left and I don't remember where we went. I think we went to Kona. If I remember, again, this is uh, hodgepodge memories of high school. If I could find my journal from back then, I would know. But uh, we still tease him about that. Oh, that stupid rain and all that. Then the rainforest. How dare it rain here? Well, yeah, (laughs) the best laid plans. You know what I mean? If I've learned anything in 2020, Sarah, it is that you can think that you know how life is going to go. And then all of a sudden... It just doesn't go that way. And so it sure doesn't. Um, we went to the Vatican and <gasps> we decided to go 
around Christmas time. And my mom was like, this is great. We're Catholic. She was like, we can go to midnight mass. Like this was a lifetime fulfillment for my mother. Right. Wow. We can go to midnight mass at the Vatican. Not knowing that you have to get tickets to that. Because it's a lot of people's lifelong fulfillment (laughs) to go to midnight mass at the Vatican. And so we had no idea. We drove there from France and we, ended up getting into Rome on Christmas Eve day, checked into the hotel or whatever, and then oh, wow. got to St. Peter's Square, and we were like, oh, it doesn't matter how early we get here for Midnight Mass. It's not going to happen. Like, we will not be oh. in the actual Basilica. But they put up giant jumbotrons in St. Peter's Square <laughs> of Sorry. Midnight Mass. It's true. And we stood outside on the square with all the other people who didn't know you had to get tickets and uh-huh. watched it from the square, which was okay. I mean, that's all right. That's all right. good. And you know what? It would have been great to get in, but it's always, but now it's a family joke. Like we're like, oh, like remember that time we didn't know that you had to get tickets for Midnight Mass? <laughs> so no matter what happens, if you're traveling, if you have the right attitude, it's always, you know, barring something terrible, you know, like. Sure, of course. Like I was bringing cocaine in from Thailand and I got busted. So barring something well, crazy. Yeah, b- If don't something do that. goes wrong, you can laugh through it and it'll still be a great story. I wanted to pitch you one more question. If you have any particular funny or interesting stories that that top the rest of the stories. Because I can only imagine that you're like, yes, I have 19 days worth of stories to tell you, Sarah. Uh, but if you have any top favorite funny moments Anything like that? Uh, yeah, I have. <laughs> so this is a great story because it kind of illustrates both my stupidity and ignorance and also kind of the perfect French attitude. So <laughs> I, I was with some friends. We rented mopeds for the day. We packed lunches. We were in the south of France. I think this story takes place in Arles. I'm not exactly 100% sure because we went a lot of places that day, but there was this giant Roman aqueduct kind of thing there with like this bridge situation. And okay. we had our, we had our picnics and we were like, Oh, there's a bank on the other side of that beautiful Roman aqueduct bridge thing. Let's go there. So we take our mopeds. We go across the giant Roman aqueduct bridge thing. We get to the other side of the bank. We start un- unloading the thing and all of a sudden this man is screaming at us from the other side of the bank i mean screaming like we have just done something terrible to his family we were like what just happened and we're able to uh he tells us that he goes didn't you see the sign the the sign that says you can't drive on that bridge and we were like oh uh no uh sorry no we we didn't uh we we either didn't see it weren't looking for it Honestly, didn't bother to translate it. We were 19. Give us a break. And, <laughs> you know, so we were like, no, I'm so, I'm so sorry. And he said, no one has crossed that bridge in like a thousand years. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. And we were like, what? And he's like, no one has crossed that bridge in a thousand years. Like, you've just driven mopeds across it. And we were like, oh, oh we're God. so sorry. We don't know what to do. And he looked at me and he goes, what are you doing? We said, well, we just, we were going to have a picnic. We didn't know. We, we just wanted to have a day out and have a picnic. And he <laughs> oh goes, well, if you've already unpacked your picnic. 
He goes, eat your food. Because, you know, he knew we had to drive back over the bridge. So did it matter if we drove then or later? No, it didn't. He was like, well, you've already unpacked your picnic. You should eat your food. <laughs> Love France. Oh, oh my God. That's amazing. So you were the first people to drive over that bridge, we huh? Were the fir- and let me tell you, the first time we drove over it, we drove normal. And the second time, it was the slowest. Like, we went as slowly as you could drive a moped without falling off. Because we were certain we were about to break France. We were like, please do not be the tourists that just broke France. So, yeah, we were very the, careful and respectful. Guy. We would never have done it if any one of the eight of us had seen the sign <laughs> of course not so was no one supposed to cross that bridge at all even no. on foot no <gasps> it's a historic it's it's not meant to be used <laughs> as a bridge anymore but it looks like a bridge like it looks like a bridge and there was a bank on the other side and granted there's nothing else on the other side except the bank so i now that I think about it, it was a bridge to nowhere. But at that time, we were looking for a place to have a picnic, and it just showed up, and we went across it. I'm with you 100%, because I see a bridge going to a beautiful place. I'm like, oh, obviously, that's a picnic bridge, and that takes you to Picnic Island, yeah, where yeah. one has picnics. Thank you. So, yes. I'm with you 100%. Did the guy scamper across the bridge to yell at you, or was he hollering from the other side it was not a very wide creek or river or whatever that was so he was standing across from us yelling at us (laughs) and our mopeds and our lunches i'm so sorry to laugh (laughs) i mean i feel bad i i do feel bad like i i would never uh, listen i would never ever break a rule i'm not a rule breaker in general so i would never break a rule or be disrespectful to history or like another culture but it just cracked us all up that he was like well i mean your picnic looks good you should enjoy that (laughs) and so we did and and he was like just whenever you're done just be careful going over the bridge and so we had the picnic and then we sat in the creek for a little bit oh it was lovely we had a lovely that's lovely day what what a beautiful day and what a beautiful memory that it created for you (laughs) and your friends and that guy i can guarantee he's like can you believe what i saw today he was so mad at us and and rightfully so sir we are we are so (laughs) sorry outstanding oh this has been such a joy to talk to you about this. I feel like we could have part two easily. We could easily have part two someday. Well, I'll, I'll try and... to think of more tips. I'll uh, put okay. them all together. <laughs> yeah, if only you could be a little more passionate about your love for travel. Yeah, and I don't know if could... I got that across. So I'm really hoping that everyone <laughs> understands that I like to travel. And I think everyone should do it. And you don't have to do it fancy. You can do it super cheap. Yeah. Yeah. Lots, so many options out there for folks to try. I mean, just in your own neighborhood. You know what I want to do is the Ice Hotel in Sweden. <gasps> I would love to do the Ice Hotel. I really, really want to do it. And there's one in Canada, too. But I really want to do the one in Sweden. They commission a different artist for every room every year. Ooh. So they're all differently themed. 
and it's different every year and I really want to go. Oh, I know. Amazing. There's so many places. I don't have enough money to do all the things I want to do. And with the podcast, all we do is look up stuff that spent that like is too expensive for me to do <laughs> in real really life. Expensive. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I mean, we we figure it out. So like when we were in Nashville, like in real life, when we were in Nashville, we had a drink at the hotel bar of the hotel that mm-hmm. I had done the day in. So like we didn't stay there. But we had a drink at the bar. And then one time we covered a $120 cheesesteak in Philadelphia. And when we did a show Whoa. in Philadelphia, we put on our, like, we, we did a call out to our listeners. We said, who wants to meet us to split this cheesesteak? Because we are not spending $120 on cheesesteak. Yeah. And six or seven people joined us. Oh, so wow. we all put in 20 bucks and we all got like our two inches of the cheesesteak and were able to say that we had this crazy truffle foie gras thing Ooh, situation wagyu what? beef cheesesteak you know <laughs> so <laughs> yeah i know it's crazy <laughs> so we figure it out because we don't actually have all the money that's why it's an imaginary luxury travel podcast exactly <laughs> i'm so thrilled that the whole the a, a gaggle of folks joined you though so you could enjoy that cheesesteak how was it <sighs> it was great um, <laughs> if, if any of you are in Philadelphia, it's at Barclay Prime. You can get it in the happy hour lounge. You don't have to have a reservation at the hotel, at the restaurant to get it. And it comes with a half bottle of champagne. Oh, it's $120, Ugh. but you can split it with as many people as you want Oh, uh, at the bar. And they're not weird about it because I think people do it all the time. Because at first we were like, oh my gosh, are we going to be the people that's like, can we have six separate? But he didn't care. Um, <laughs> he was like, no, this is what people do. We were like, great, thanks. So it's it's fantastic. It's Wagyu beef. They they make the bread themselves. It's foie gras, truffled cheese whiz. It's crazy decadent and wow. super rich and so fun. And I, you know, I've had it once. I don't need to get it again. But yeah. I would, like if I had six other people to split it with. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Once again, ah. community and asking for help equals awesome results and fun memories. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining me on Hi, I Think You're Nice, Lulu. This has been such a joy. It's been so nice to just chat with you and to have a yeah. nice, nice conversation about that thing you love travel oh thanks i'm so um excited that you asked me to be on the podcast i'm i i'm just so grateful because it's been great oh my pleasure yes and as i like to invite my guests to sign off with the end of the show with musical arm farts okay i'm ready okay so i'll count us in and you just fart however you see fit okay do you Ready? recommend dry lips or moist lips for this? Uh, moist lips and loose Great. embouchure. Loose embouchure. Oh, listen to you, brass yeah. player. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready. Here we I'm go. Ready. One, two, three. <laughs> you are a master. That was beautiful. <laughs> Thank you so much, Lupicart. Have a wonderful day and thank you for being a friend. Have a great day. <laughs> you too. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Boo.